So today's the day that we, we remember and, uh, and we'll, we celebrate, right? It's, it's a significant day, probably one of the most significant days, even if you aren't a Christian, even if you aren't a church-going person. I mean, you think about even our calendar, right, and, and how, how everything surrounds on this. Our, our whole hope is not in that Jesus died, but that he does live. And so today we remember that, and, and I, just, I just want to pray, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for, for dying for me, for dying for us, for all that you did, all that you continue to do, Lord, and we can just rest in that today and celebrate. And so bless this time. Please share with us what you want us to know, Lord. Change, change my mind and my, my plan if you want, Lord. Uh, use this time, I pray. Amen. So we are, my name is Will. If, if we didn't get to meet, I hope we get to meet. I'm I'm the pastor here. We are normally going through the book of John right now, so we mixed it up. We're going to be in Mark 14 and John 18 and Luke 24. So I've got the scriptures up there for you. Would love for you to turn as well or, or click on your devices if, if you would like. Um, there's, there's Bibles with print so small that only if you have awesome eyes you're going to be able to see, okay? And it's cool to look out and see everyone in their Easter best. Some of you even showered this week, so that's new. That's good. That's good, right? Yeah, that's good. Okay, so we're going to be talking about, you know, not just like, like Joshua. We talk about Friday, Good Friday. Jesus died. That doesn't sound so good. Well, it's really good because the sin he paid for and the fact that he didn't stay dead. And so today we celebrate that our God, unlike most of the gods the world has, world leaders, um, and intellectuals, scientists, movie stars, they all die, right? And they don't come back, uh, regardless of what they say about Elvis, right? He just, even if he did fake his death, at some point he would get old and die. And even Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead, died. But Jesus, he lives. And so I'm looking at a group of people who, who are created by God, and that's the first thing I want to tell you about, a, a good reminder. Why we get together? If you're like, I don't know about church. Well, Change your mind, because you need the reminder. And, and you need people around you that love you and will struggle with you. Right? And so, by all means, man, find, find a place where you can learn and live together and make tons of mistakes and hurt each other's feelings. Right? So, there's my commercial for that. But let me, let me point it back to the most important thing. Here's a great reminder, God. Now, I like you guys to help me when I'm preaching. So tell me about God. Who's God? The creator of all things. That's pretty huge. Yeah. Who, what else? Alpha and Omega. So first and last, what did you say? Lover of my soul. You were his idea. Right? Sometimes you're mad about that because there's things about yourself you... Wish weren't the case, right? Like, yeah, so I'm not going to be in the NBA. It's just not going to happen. That was God, God created me, Chris. We'd be in the same lineup, a team called Below the Net. Yeah, yeah. Not going to be a hair model. True, it's true. Although they could put artificial hairs of different types on me, and I got a clean surface, so maybe, I don't know, right? But yeah, so God, he created all things. I don't understand him. I can't put him in a box. I can't put my arms around him, but yet I know him more and more. 
right? And we're reading through gospel accounts, which, which are men and women who are walking through this life, and they get to know God more, but they still can't put their arms around him. They even ask Jesus again and again, Jesus, tell, when do we get to meet God? And he's like, listen, if you know me, if you've met me, you've met God. At least all you can understand. So then that takes us back to Jesus. Okay. Now, an amazing thing happened. Okay, Our God, please understand, early in, in what's recorded in the Bible, in a book we call Genesis, it talks about us. And it talks about how we like to go our own way. And so God gave the first man and the woman instructions, and he let them live with them. But they said, no, I don't like your plan. I want to do things my own way. And so, okay, this is not, I'm not quoting exactly what the scripture says, so understand that. This is my words. And so God said, if you want to do it your own way, go ahead. But here's what's going to happen. You're not going to live here in my presence in the garden where I created you to be and live. You're going to go out into the world. You're going to try really hard to make it home. And guess what's going to happen? It's never going to be home. And you will die physically. And now you're separated from me. So you're dying spiritually. Okay, now I just got confusing. I know. It it doesn't, I can't understand it. Neither can you. But the amazing thing is this same God who, who gave this, this kind of penalty, who gave, who gave this truth that if you go your own way, it's going to go bad for you. That same God came to rescue us. And so we have this man named Jesus. And see, Jesus was a man. Don't let anyone deceive you. He came in, in flesh and blood. Yet at the same time, this guy was also God. How does that work? Right? So who's Jesus? God. Son of God. Emmanuel. What what does that mean? God with us. Our Savior. Someone said something over here? He He was our Savior before he created the earth. Messiah. The Anointed One. The Word of God. Right? That became flesh. Make sense? No, okay. Listen, that dude had a heartbeat. He got hungry, he got cold, he got lonely, he cried, he laughed, he went to the bathroom, okay? He ate, right? He turned water into wine, and guess what? He probably drank some of it, I know. I know, it's offensive, right? So he was a man, he probably was tempted for women, and unlike us, he resisted that, right? So... He was man, yet he was God at the same time. He had a connection with the Father like we should have had if we didn't leave his presence in the garden. So here's two characters in our story. Let me me tell you about the next one. Peter. His his name used to be Simon. Jesus changed it to Peter. Do you guys, anyone know anything about Peter? If you don't know, that's okay. I don't want to shame anyone. Anyone? He's what? He was boisterous. Fisherman, someone said. Yeah, that was his job. Opinionated. Kind of second in command. Jesus put him as a leader. So in their culture, because he was a fisherman, it didn't mean he, it meant he wasn't the best at church school. Right? If he was the best at church school, 
If he would have got into higher education, he wouldn't have taken on the family's business. He would have been the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders that Jesus was coming against. Do you see that? So was he like higher class dude or lower class dude in, in the class systems there? Lower class. Now, Peter also was a real man. Only he wasn't God. So we love, we love every time that he shows up and shows us that he's not God, right? We love it because you and I feel better about ourselves. Now, I want to I take a second here. I, I want to talk about Jesus saving us in the resurrection. But I'm, I'm praying all the time, like, Lord, what do you? Show me something, man, that you want me to, to share with the people that might help them. And, and I'm stuck on Peter. So I want to talk about Peter for a minute with you, Okay. So what do, what do you think? Use your imagination a little bit because some of it's written. Okay, what was it like for Peter? Where did Jesus meet him? Do you guys remember that? He met him near the sea where he would fish and he was introduced to him by his brother who had met him before. You guys ever met someone that someone you knew introduced you to? Hey, Josh, meet Josh, right? Like, like you had that happen, okay? Now, this guy and his brother, what did they do to follow Jesus? They gave up their lives, right? They left their home. They left their job. Peter had a wife we know about. So instead of sleeping in their home and doing their job, where did they go? Wherever Jesus went. Wow. And I think, guys, if I rush past the humanity of it, we're going to miss the goodness of this. Because then you're going to say things like, oh, yeah, Jesus is risen. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. So Peter, man, he was a leader, guys. He was bold. He gave up everything. Why did he give up everything? Why do you, why do you know about this? Okay, the Jews were under the rule of which group of people in history? The Romans. They were in their land. They were taxing them. They were making rules. They were making their life miserable. They were a bad government. Any people throughout humanity ever live in a bad government? Every generation thinks they live in a bad government. Why? Because they do. Right? Because the government's full of people. And people are dumb because we don't see, we don't know, we're afraid, and we're selfish. And that means me too. Okay? Now, so they were hoping that this Messiah that we talked about, over all their lives, guess what was happening? Their grandmas were telling their moms and dads, and their moms and dads told them, guess what? Wait, man. Roland, just wait, dude. Because someday the, the Messiah, the anointed one's coming back. And he's going to bring it back to the glory that we had with King David back in the day. And they're like, yes. So all these men and women he finds, he meets them. It's like, hey, Luke, yeah, Jesus. And he's, he's following them. And he's like, it's him. It's the Messiah. We're going to kick Roman butt and take over again. And not only that, Luke is excited because he's like, I get to be part of his posse. Right? Which room do I get in the castle? Right? Okay, so they're like, it's worth it. I'll sleep on the ground, right? Peter snores. Andrew farts in his sleep. This is annoying. But someday we're talking castles and robes and feasts. Yes. Okay. So let me, let me take you into a little bit of this story. If you're new to the Bible, there's, there's these four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and they're written by guys who are telling us about this 
you know, roughly three-year period of, of Jesus' life. And, and they call them good news books or gospel books because the good news is that Jesus came to save us. And that is the most important thing that we need to know. So I'll tell you a little bit from some of these different books to tell you this story. But, but let me tell you about Jesus and, and Peter right here. Peter was very outspoken. They'd been through a whole heap together at this point in time. Mark 14, if you want to turn or click, we usually talk about this as the denial of Jesus or Peter denying Jesus. Verse 27 says, and Jesus said to them, you will all fall away. I mean, picture that, right? What a good dinner party. All of you guys will betray me. For it is written, not only that, he tells them that. He said, this was written before, and you've studied these writings. And now it's about to come true. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Verse 28, he says, but after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, right? So Peter's like, no, no. What are you, what? What are you talking about? We're, we're going to take over, man. That's why we've come into Jerusalem. We're going to get a stronghold. We're talking King David days. Right? I get this because that's what we talk about here. Man, I miss when our country was like, uh, let's get that right king and our country can be that way again and then God will be awesome. Right? And the whole world wants to do that. All the Christian world wants God to rule over this world. Yes, for sure. It's going to happen someday. But it didn't happen then. And it's probably not going to happen now the way that we want it to happen. Fair enough? Okay. So, but then Peter, right? Because what? He's bold. He speaks up. He's like, you're going to, what? We're going to scatter. I'm not going to scatter. So he's, he's like, Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. Like, even though they all leave you, Jesus, I won't leave. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. What happens when someone confronts you like that? What's, there's a D word, how you react. What's it called? Defensive, right? You get no, right? Even if you did it, no, what was it me? You don't understand. I didn't mean, right, I do that. Maybe it's just me. You guys do that too? Okay, cool. Maybe I'm just weird, but I do that. I have to catch myself. And Jesus said to him, truly I tell you this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. But he, being Peter, said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And then everyone else is like, me too, me too, me too. Yeah, Jesus, we're in, we're in, we're in, we're in. Spoiler alert, they weren't in. So then, then we go forward. I'm going I'm to talk to you about what happens with Jesus. Well, after that, they come and they arrest him. One of his friends, one of his good friends, betrays him, turns him over for money to the Roman government. So they come to arrest him. They show up all armed to the nine, right, ready to arrest Jesus, who's been hanging out in the garden praying. And he's got his boys with him. Verse 10, then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it. They went to get Jesus to grab him. And Peter's like, no, you're not. Pulls out his sword. He drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. 
Right on, Peter, let's do this, man. We're going to overthrow these Romans one year at a time. <laughs> we'll cut them in pieces and mail them home, right? This is what we're going to do. We're, we're going to be warriors because that's like King David, right? He had to kill some fools to make this thing happen. So we're going to do the same thing. And the servant's name was Malchus, in case you were wondering. Okay, fact check that one. Uh, so Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? I love that sound. Yeah. Should I not drink of the cup the Father has given me? And then the other accounts tell us this. I mean, right? This, this alone is such a miracle. He heals his ear. And he's like, put your sword away. And in Matthew's account, Matthew adds this piece. He tells Peter, Jesus tells Peter, do you think that I can't appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? Anyone know how many angels 12 legions is? A lot. I feel like I want to hurry, but I can't hurry past that. Okay. If you're trying to figure out who in the world is this Jesus guy and all the, the things you've heard about him, I mean, this is one truth right here. Is Jesus is, is the man who would be like, the Father wants me to do this. And don't think I'm a victim. Don't you think at once I could say, Father, please send help. He would send 12 legions of angels. I'm guessing it wouldn't take... I mean, how many angels would it take to uh, destroy the earth? I'm guessing one, okay? So even though I'm, I can't tell you exactly the 12, I, some people have opinions, but it's more than one, okay? We're talking destroy the world in a moment. And so Jesus is like, I can stop all of this in a second. Whatever I'm going through, whatever I'm having you go through, it's my choice because I know it's what's best. So we go forward a little bit, right? Hey, Peter, you're going to deny me. No, I won't. I'll be the last one. And then, and then he tries to do something about it, right? Pulls out that sword, cuts off an ear, and Jesus corrects him. So then, now Jesus has been arrested. And one account says there's two guys that follow him. So everyone's scattering. They're afraid. Somehow they didn't get arrested too. Now they're kind of hiding out. This interesting thing happens in the resurrection story. All the women can hang out because no one realizes they were there. All the men are hiding because the people know they were with Jesus and they'll get killed. So all these lady Jesus ninjas running around and the dudes are hiding. Okay? So then Peter's following and he's kind of watching. So to his credit, right, this dude is courageous, man. This is the dude we, that actually got out on the water and walked on the water. I and mean, he's a brave guy and he, he really wanted to help. So he's following along. Mark 14, verse 66. And, and as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came. And seeing Peter warming himself right on the fire, she looked at him and said, You also are with the Nazarene. Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed. Oops, right? And the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. 
But again, Peter denied it. And after a little while, the bystander said again to Peter, certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man or whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. Cool story, Will. Why are you telling us this? Do you know that? Do you know this? When you get to the end of everything that you think you can do, do you know that feeling in that moment? Almost the only thing you could do is cry or get angry. Here's Peter, right? Like you and I, not a superhero. Just a man. And and I mean, hey, a, a good man, a leader, a strong man. He was doing the best he could to add to what Jesus was doing. He tried to protect Jesus, right? He tried to follow him. He he wanted to do something, man. He drew the sword, endangered his own life to protect Jesus. And Jesus is like, listen, there's nothing you can do other than get in the way of what God is doing. Oh, this is a fantastic Easter message, yes. Yes, it is. Back to Jesus. See, what God knew, and this is what I have to tell you guys. I, man, maybe, maybe you're like, man, me and Jesus, we're like, we're tight right now. We're in a good relationship. We're, we're walking together. That's awesome. Praise God. Maybe, maybe someone dragged you here and you're like, church, weird. Music, weird. Bible, weird. They eat little crackers and drink juice or whatever. I, I, maybe that's weird for you, but I am telling you, if you have ears and eyes to hear and see this, you're going to know. The way that this works, when God put you in this world, is it's going to completely, without a doubt, at some point in time, come to a place where you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Everything I thought I could do, everything I thought I planned... I don't know what to do. And if you feel that, please know you're not alone. Look around. If you could see the faces that I see, you're going to see it. You're going to be like, oh, man, if you live life with anyone else, game over. You already can't control what's going on. You live life by yourself on an island or something, good luck. You still can't control the weather, the environment, what's going on inside of your body. What causes cancer? The short answer, everything. And the list is changing each day. So you can eat nothing and don't breathe the air because that might be doing it too. Then you can control your health. Yeah. You and me, like Peter, we can't do anything about it. So God knew, guys. That's the awesome thing. That's the cool thing about Jesus that we get to celebrate today. Jesus is like, I'll do it. Genesis, the beginning of the Bible, it tells us Jesus was there at the beginning. And then they also tell us, written in the scripture, that through Jesus, everything was created. So yes, God was, you were God's idea and Jesus was your designer. He knows you like no one else can know you. Your mom and dad changed your diaper, 
Your spouse sees the result, but none of them know you as well as God, right? It's cliche, but without Jesus, we we have no hope. You can do all the good living you want, make all the money you want, be as healthy as you want, be as good-looking as you want. It's weird. Time, and the older you get, you you let go of some of that stuff. You just have to. Like, what's up with the science with uh, hair coming out of your ears, like right here? One day it's not there, and then it's three inches long, and you're like, what in the world? Like, you guys don't even know this yet. It's weird. I'm like, what? What's, what's... Right? Like, come on. This is weird. This life is so fleeting. It's so fast. Right? You used to be the 20-year-old. Then soon you're the 20-year-old's parent. Then soon you're the 20-year-old's grandparent. And you're like, what in the world is happening? I think we're together. I think you guys know what I'm saying, right? Thank God it's Easter, right? Thank God it's Resurrection Day. Because Jesus said this. When they arrested him, he was talking to the governing guy, right? His name is Pilate, if you read in there. And this guy's trying to sort out, why are your own people trying to kill you? Like, what is going on? And, And he's like, you're supposed to be some king of the Jews? Like, what's going on? Jesus explains this. And this is John 18, verse 36. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. So powerful. Why? Please understand. Has Jesus changed since then to now? Well, he's ascended or whatever, but his intention's still the same. In your life, He's not building his kingdom on this world. He's building this, his kingdom in you. If his kingdom was of this world, he would situate everything in your life so that it would be awesome. Right? But that's not what's going on. The way that it works with God, if you're like, wow, this is a weird, wonky world in life, yes, you're getting there. You're doing it. That's exactly how it's supposed to be. Exactly, because you are God's kingdom, not this place. Not your circumstances going your way. Not my circumstances my going, going away. And the only thing that we can give to the world is to be like, don't you think, Steve, that Jesus could send down legions of angels and take care of all this stuff? Just like that. Don't you think he could situate everything in your life and in your life so it would be what you want it to be? That's what this king is asking. So he's even asked him, like, he ends up not getting it. He's like, whatever, I don't get what you're saying, you're weird. I don't know if you ate some weird mushroom or something before you came in here to Jesus, but whatever, right? He doesn't get it because his eyes are blinded to this. He doesn't realize, well, yeah, if you're a king, why isn't your current situation awesome? He goes, I'm not that kind of king, right? I'm the kind of king that's like, Peter, don't go fight them and then feel bad because you didn't stand up for Jesus, Well, how do you want it, Jesus? Exactly like that. This weird tension, right, that Peter had to work out. You know what happens to Peter? They kill him eventually. He grew so much. He affected so many lives that we talk about him thousands of years later. So then here's how the the resurrection goes. So picture that, okay? Imagine this. Imagine what we're talking about. You've been following this Jesus guy. You've seen him make food come from nowhere. You've seen him make storms 
Um, stop. You've seen him heal people. You've seen him raise people from the dead. And now all of a sudden, he's arrested. And they're going to kill him. And you were like, oh, man. It's like, Orion, I thought, man, I thought we were moving into the castle. I thought that's why we came to Jerusalem. Remember we had the parade with the wee baby donkey, right, and the palms? Well, I thought we were bringing the king in, and now they arrested him? I mean, what were those talks like? And then the women, right? The, the women ninjas I told you about, the Jesus ninjas ladies, they went to the base, they went to the crucifixion. And they saw Jesus. They were trying to hurry it because Sabbath was coming. And how much work do you do on Sabbath? Zero, right? So they had to get these guys dead before, before Saturday, right? Before the night. So, so they kill Jesus. They take him down. A couple guys he talked to before, they gather him up. They, they prepare him for burial. They put him in a tomb that wasn't used. So then they've got to do Sabbath. And now the first day of the week, they're going to go take care of the body more. So verse, Luke 24, verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they'd prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. So check that out, right? They're like, I mean, Saturday, right? They're eating together like they normally would. What are those talks like, Mike? I've given up everything to follow this guy. I just saw him get, he's dead? You saw, yeah, Mary's like, I saw him. They pierced his side. The water came out. He was dead. They're like, did we get duped? Right? Did we get fooled? What's, what's going to happen? Because he said he was the Messiah, but he didn't do the Messiah things. Those are the talks you have in church. I don't know. I don't know. Billy's not doing the Messiah things. He was the answer, right? I thought he was going to make every day like that best Christmas morning, right? Where you get just the present you wanted and so much sugar you're hyped up. Right? Have you been part of those conversations? You're sitting around the table like, what? But at least us, we're like, I think he's coming back. So hopefully if he comes back, maybe we can occupy our time by just talking about when he's coming back. And ignore everything now. But that's what they were at. Like, what are we going to do? And so they're like, well, okay, well, tomorrow we're going to go. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll go back to the tomb. We've got some more uh, spices and stuff to preserve his body a little bit. So we'll go there. So they went the next morning. And the different accounts talk about different people coming, the women showing up, the men coming a little later. But they went, and the big stone covering the tomb was rolled away. And when they went in, Jesus wasn't in there. So, right, while they were perplexed, it's like, what? Why they were, what's going on? Did someone steal it? Someone take him? What, what happened? While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. 
I don't even get how awesome that is. I don't. Maybe just the corner of the awesomeness square of that. That's like, this guy, I mean, any problem I have, I'm spitting, is not worse than being dead in a tomb, okay? And the power of God in him, through the Holy Spirit, who resurrected him from the dead, made him so he wasn't dead, he was alive. Remember they said, the angels, like they said this, right? These guys, these strangers. Remember what he said to you before? Remember how he told you why he was, while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered his tombs. Or his words, I'm sorry. Remembered his words and, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. So the ladies come back. They're like, guys, guess what? Because they're hiding out, right? Don't kill me. Um, But these words seem like an idle tale. They're like, ladies, come on. Really? Is that a little exaggerated? You know? Um, and they did not believe him. But Peter, right? Good Peter again. Here he goes. Man, he's just been defeated because he can't do anything about it. So he's like, yes, okay, let's go check this out. And it's, it said Peter rose and walked to the tomb, ran to the tomb. In another account, it says that John ran as well, but Peter got there first, right? He's like, yeah, please no. That can't be the last thing. And he stooped, and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. And he went home and marveled at what had happened. Wow. Right? Like, you hear that when it's familiar, you forget how powerful it is. And why that's so important. And, and there's more to the account of, of Peter and Jesus after his resurrection. A couple things, like it says that, that the resurrected Jesus appeared to Peter. Um, they also had a, a morning barbecue uh, by the sea where Peter, like, put some clothes, right? He was fishing and jumped in, man, and swam to go have a barbecue of fish with Jesus. And, and then also, uh, he had this really redeeming thing that we'll get to in John, where Jesus affirmed Peter's love for him three times as, as to cover the three times that, G, that uh, Peter denied him. Really cool. But let me, let me take you back. Okay? Here's where we're at. We're, we're in this life. And I don't know how many days you have left before either Jesus comes back or he takes you to him. And the weird thing about our world is you can't even guess based on age. Because we all live different. We have a different number of days. But what I know is we've all gone through stuff and we're going through stuff. And, and all of us, the Bible tells me, and I've found it to be true based on my life and everyone around me, is that everyone has not lived up to their perfect, God's perfect plan for them. They've missed the mark. There's a church world called sin for that, right? And the world is a, it refers to the people, but it also refers to the systems out there that want you to go a different way than God's way. And there's tons of them. Everyone has an opinion of how to live, right? And, and what's important. And so there's that kind of battle. So you might feel, first of all, that, 
that you have to clean up your life in order to access Jesus' love. You might have to think that. You might think, I'm not a church person, or I don't know if I, if I am a Christian, or I don't know if I, I, I think I'm a Christian, but I don't want to be baptized until I've arrived at some perfection or some kind of holy behavior. It's not true. There's a letter that's recorded in the Bible, and, and, and this guy, we believe it's the Paul who wrote it, to the Christians in Rome. And in this letter, he explains this. He said, For while we were still weak. While we were still weak. That, that's Peter, where he's come to the end of everything that he could do. He's just failed Jesus. I know what that feels like. When you've done what you hate, when you've done what you don't want to do, when you haven't done what you've wanted to do, when you come to that place where you're just like, okay, so that's you. While we were still weak. Got it? Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. I know that. At the right time. His timing's perfect, right? Christ died for the ungodly. Well, what if I say I don't want any part of it? doesn't matter. He still died for you. Well, it's a theologian can argue about that, okay? But no one argues this. No one argues that if you accept Jesus and you follow him and he's your Lord, no one's denying that he's your Lord. Everyone wants to debate how far, how much of my life can I live and keep God out of? That's the debate. Let's not debate that. Let's not debate that. So while you were wherever you were, maybe you didn't know any better, or maybe you've struggled, maybe you've had a really bad experience, maybe you've been harmed by people, maybe the, the features in your life aren't church-friendly. It doesn't, okay, not that it doesn't matter, but that's not what's primarily important. What's primarily important is Jesus loves you, and he's what's primarily important. He made you, he knows you. And while we were still weak, even when we were acting ungodly, Jesus died for us. For one would scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps a good person would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we now have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. So here's, here's the point of all of this resurrection, is that in the resurrection, see, in the crucifixion when Jesus died, every sin, everything that you've done wrong, every time you've missed the mark, all the stuff you were born into, everything from your family of origin, it is covered by him. All of it. Well, what about 10 years from now? That too. It can be. Is that cool? Okay, right? It can't be that easy. Well, it's, it's not easy, but it's simple, okay? Now, that's cool that, that the sin is covered. But what do you do now? 
And that's what it's saying here. It doesn't matter whether you deny him. It doesn't matter whether you're angry at him right now. In that right time, you will come to that place where you are on your knees or stuck. And I hope you remember these words. I hope God stores them deep in you and pulls them out. When this life is not working, Jesus is there. And know that even when you are running from him, he died for you. And not only that, since he saved you from all your error. If you receive that, he's going to give you eternal life. Right? And because he was resurrected, here's the coolest thing. He's like, I'm resurrected now. I could stay and be king, like be your president. But that would not work. So I'm going to do what's better. I'm going to go with the Father. I'm going to send you all the Holy Spirit, those who believe. And that Holy Spirit is going to just show up in powerful ways, but also lead you day by day. And that Holy Spirit is what took Peter and all the cowards who fleed, and it made them men who got boiled and stabbed and crucified upside down and stoned. Right? Imagine James, the historians say, they threw that dude off the church, and since he didn't die when he hit the ground, they threw some rocks at him. And when that didn't work, they beat him over the head with a club. That's the Holy Spirit? Yes, that's more powerful Holy Spirit than about anything. Someone to do whatever God's asking them to do. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Huge word. Adam and Eve. God's like, I know it's your home, but because you want to go your own way, you've got to go and do it. But don't worry, I'm coming for you. He came for us. And so now for a while, guys, for a while, you're going to walk in this place that's not your home. And it's going to be really weird because you're still going to have to make a way. You have to pay bills and have families and love each other and even share about God. But it's still not your home. It doesn't matter how much you paint it. But we've been reconciled to God so we can become welcome back home at the end of this period of time. Back to where we belong. Back to the fullness of life. That's good news. Right? So what do we do? What do we do? Lord, what do we do? I thought about what to say about it. Here at the church, we don't every, if you've been at churches like every week, it's like we're going we're gonna to play songs for 13 hours until someone gets baptized, right? What do we do? Because if you're seeing that, Will, I know what it means. Like, I get where Peter was at. Wow, I've just, I've tried, man. But so far, this is what's happened. So I figured let's ask Peter. Here's what happens with Peter after he receives the Holy Spirit. This is what he said in Acts 2. He gave this message to these people because all these men, the Holy Spirit came on them. They were, they were preaching in the languages of the people in the crowd. And they're like, these guys are like from Galilee or something. Why, how do they know Name your language, right? And so Peter's preaching this sermon. And at the end of it, what it says is this in 37. This is from Acts 2, if you're taking notes. Um, 
Now, when they heard this, who's they? It's, it's the crowd, right? Now, when they heard Peter saying this, they were pierced to the heart. And what that means is that's where, that's where uh, Peter was at that day, where he wept. He, it was all, all of his, no, I'm going to do this, my sword. I can do it, Lord. I'll be strong. I'll follow you. It all ended. His heart softened, and it got through. It was like, oh, I can't do this. Only Jesus can. When they heard this, some of these people, they felt that way. Oh, man, it pierced my heart. And so they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what are we to do? If, if, if you're today, Will, what are we going to do? Peter said this to you. Repent. Change your mind. Change your thinking. Change the direction of what you're doing. Stop. And each one of you, Say that. Not, he didn't say, okay, everyone of you change your life right now, and then we'll get you baptized and you can be part of our fellowship. It's not what he said. He goes, just stop. Just do this. Just say yes. Just like stop where you're at. Say, I want to go a different direction. I want to change my mind. And then what we're going to do is we're going to baptize you in the name of Jesus. For the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Everyone wants to argue about those pieces, but you ask Peter, he's like, do all of it, right? Repent. Come before God. Receive Jesus as Savior. Be baptized. Pray that you will receive the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for Will, who's far off, right, 2,000 years from now, and Steve and all that as many as the Lord God will call to himself. So that's my question. I, I'm going to invite the, the praise team to come back up. So here's my question for you. Maybe you're, maybe you're hearing this, this resurrection story for the, I don't know, millionth time, right? And, and as we take a look at Peter and Peter's, Peter's story with Jesus in this, in a, in a brief way, maybe something today is like piercing your heart. So what the Bible tells me is this. I want you to understand this, okay? Hey, everyone look at me for a minute, okay? Just give me your eyes just a little bit longer. You're staying awake. You're not thinking about Easter ham yet. You're doing okay, okay? Um, if it's getting through, that's God. What he says is that, that God does the work. He calls people. So if you're like, whatever, I want the, the ham... I'm so glad you're here. I love you. And I hope that on that day when you're like Peter and you're like, what do I do? You'll be like, I remember that weird bald dude in the pink shirt yelling at me. Okay? But maybe today it's like something is happening where it's like, man, I got to pray about this. And so, Randy, would you, would you come sit up here, man, on this side? I'll sit here. Josh, would you sit up here? Um, so just come pray with us about it. We don't have magic. We don't have magic prayers, okay? But but like that, if something's hitting your heart, don't leave without asking more questions, right? Okay. I'm going to pray for us, and then I'll, you guys will just play quietly. Give them a little bit of response time. We'll go down with the light so that it doesn't glare off my head when I'm sitting here. Okay, so we'll just pray. Jesus, this is this is because of you. Um, and it's for us and for your good plan. 
So forgive me for being the biggest hypocrite because so many days I, I'm like Peter, man. I swing my sword and I, I say a bunch of stuff that I can't back up. And, and ultimately, uh, I come to that place where I can't do it. Only you can. So that's our prayer, Lord. We know that we can't do it, but you can. Please come do it. So, Lord, whatever you're working in the lives of, of all the, the men and women of all different ages in here, please do that. Please do that. Don't, don't let us get in the way, Lord. And if we can be here to pray with them, to encourage them, to, to baptize them if that's what they need. They need a Bible, whatever they need, Lord. You just tell us and we'll do that. So thank you, Jesus, for coming for us. Thank you for coming and not demanding to have things your own way, but to do them God's way. Thank you for facing all the temptations so that you know exactly what, how I feel. Thank you for not quitting on me. and Thank you for taking care of me still. Uh, bless these people, Lord. Bless them. Let them see you and know you more, I pray. Because of your powerful resurrection, Jesus. Amen.